0: Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you guys are doing great today. Uh, It's a little different for us today in the studio. It's literally just me and my man Isaac right here switching the cameras. So it's you, it's you, and it's you. And this is me and you right now. And uh, so today's message is going to be a little bit more intimate. We're going to talk about some stuff over the next few weeks that I... uh, This is probably the most excited I've been about preaching a message series because I think that everybody that's out there right now can use this literally right now in your life. And uh, I really, really hope it's helpful to you today. Uh, The series is called Stop the Cycle. Stop the Cycle the cycle. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, But before we get started, I just need to tell y'all, y'all already know this. I've talked about this several times uh, while uh, we've preached and in the messages over the last few weeks, is I love technology. I love technology. Specifically, I love phones. All right. I love phones. I love iPads. I love anything that Apple comes out with I'm on board with, and uh, and we just had an Apple event. They just released the new phones, right? There's a surprise Apple event, everybody, uh, this coming Tuesday. So in a couple days from today, there's a surprise Apple event. I have no idea what they're going to announce. They might announce some new AirPods. They might announce some other crazy, I don't even know. But I'm excited about it. I will watch it. I will be in the know the day it comes out. But anytime Apple is about to release a new phone, it's always happens in October, something Happens to me. Something happens on the inside of me. I bet that there's some people out there that this happens to as well. But as soon as they're about to release a new phone, I start looking at my phone and I'm like, you know what? These pictures don't look quite the same, they're really low quality. I start to notice all the scratches on my screen. I start to notice that the service that I have isn't very good. I start to notice the dings on the side of the phone. I start the 4K, 4K video. Are you kidding me? Like, we should be having 8K phones now, right? My 4K doesn't look as good anymore. Uh, the apps don't work quite as well. And all of a sudden, I enter into this phase. I call it the frustration phase. All right, I get into the frustration phase. I get super frustrated with my phone. I had the iPhone 11. It's not like it was that bad, you know what I'm saying? But all of a sudden, this new phone's about to come out, and I start getting frustrated with my perfectly good phone, to be honest with you. And here's the deal. My wife, Stephanie, hates technology. Uh, Also, I would argue she doesn't use it properly most of the time. Uh, She wants it to do impossible things, and so she gets frustrated, but I love technology. She doesn't like it. She's always frustrated with it, but when I'm in the frustration phase, my phone is like a brick. I'm like, I can't believe this thing. It's not sending text messages. I'm not doing this. The internet's slow on it, and in reality, it's probably fine, Uh, but then the Apple keynote comes out. They start to announce their new products, and I'm like, oh man, did you see the new, like, the new phone, right? They announced the new, if you see it for the first time, you're like, I need that phone. It's got surgical grade stainless steel on the side. It's got a ceramic shield, a ceramic shield. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds awesome. It's really strong glass. This has got 5G, 5G, 4G is gone. All right. 5G is where it's at. It's got 5G. It can shoot in 4K HDR video. Like It looks incredible. All of a sudden, the display is a Super Retina XDR, whatever, 4K display. All these things. And I just want to show y'all, I got one right here. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden... They release the new phone. I'm like, I got to have it. And then I move from the frustration phase, and I go to this. I go to the investigation phase. Now, the phone has been announced. I'm frustrated with my phone, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. We have a new phone coming out, right? And all of a sudden, I start watching every YouTube video about this new phone that I can even find on the Internet, and I'm investigating Is it really that good? Is the glass really that strong? How does the video look? How does the video look compared to the phone I have now, right? How fast is 5G? I start getting into the investigation phase. I'm finding anything out about the phone that I can find out because now I'm moving into the most important phase, and that is the negotiation phase. Now, I told you, my wife doesn't like technology. So therefore, we don't need technology in our house, according to her. And so I have to investigate so I can negotiate. You know what I'm saying? i got to go to Stephanie, and i got to sit there, and I say, Hey, babe, I know that you hate your phone, right? Like, this phone's not that great. It's got a big crack on the screen, babe. Like, these phones are old. The, does your battery even last all day now? You know? And I start negotiating. I start, I put, I start putting it on her. Like, okay, we need this phone, Stephanie. We need these phones. Like, these phones are going to, you know how many pictures you take of the kids? You know how many videos you take of the kids? These videos and these pictures are going to look amazing, right? And eventually, I'm not always successful at this, but eventually, I can wear it down, right? Or I have before in the past. I can wear it down, and then I move from the negotiating phase to the purchasing phase, Man, I've gone from frustration phase, I've gone in the investigation phase, I've gone to the negotiation phase, now I'm in the purchasing phase, baby. I log in to the website on midnight of that night, I order the new phones, they come in and baby, these phones are sweet. They do everything they say they're going to do, they don't break very easily. I mean, it, it couldn't be better, right? Fast forward a year, and then what happens? October comes around again. And all of a sudden, Apple has a new keynote. So they're about to announce their new phones. Well, now the cycle starts all over again. You know what I'm saying? I go back into the frustration phase. And then I'm like, man, my phone's terrible. I can't believe it has only three lenses on it. It needs five lenses on it, right? And all of a sudden, the cycle repeats itself. And Apple, listen, Apple's laughing all the way to the bank. They know this happens with most of us. And this is how they make a bajillion dollars a year. For people like me. But you know, that's kind of a funny cycle, right? Like that's something we can all laugh at. But there's another cycle that I think a lot of you are in right now. That's not very funny. And in fact, you being caught up in this cycle has actually probably ruined a part of your life. It's caused you to go into places in your mind you never thought you would be. It's caused a lot of strife in your life. And that's what this series is going to be about. It's going to be, how do we break this cycle? Because here's what I know. Everybody's been caught in this cycle at some point. And here's how it starts. It starts with a hurt, all right? It starts with a hurt, and being hurt is an attack on you. It's something external, right? Most of the time, there's sometimes we hurt ourselves, and we'll certainly talk about that a little bit, but a hurt is an attack on you. Someone's attacked you. Someone said something to you. Someone did something to you. Someone made you think a certain thing about yourself, and it caused you to be hurt. And a lot of times, being hurt is not your fault. It's someone else's fault, right? They've hurt you. And so a hurt is an attack. On you. But if we're not careful, we can allow that to turn into offense. Now, an offense is a seed of hurt that's been planted. But here's the catch you're the one that always plants the seed of offense because being offended is a choice. We're going to talk about that next week. That's a strong statement. I understand that. But being offended is always a choice. And as Christians, we should be unoffendable. We should be the hardest people in the world to offend. But a lot of times, we allow hurt to get deep inside of us, and we can turn a hurt into an offense. And again, offense is a seed of hurt that's been planted. So then, if we're not careful, that offense can turn into something even greater. That offense can turn into anger. Now, anger is an offense that's taken root. Anger is an offense... That's taking that's taken root, and what I mean by that is, man, once you get offended, then you start getting mad at somebody else. I cannot believe they did that. They don't know what they're doing, and all of a sudden you start thinking thoughts about people. You start doing things. You start snapping your temper, in your fuse gets super short, right? And you start becoming angry. And listen, anger in and of itself. Isn't necessarily a bad thing, but there is a fine line between righteous anger, something you should be angry about, and then anger that you take out on somebody else. And if we're not careful, that anger can turn into an attack. An attack is the fruit of anger. And guess what? When you attack somebody, you start the cycle all over again. I'm going to show you this cycle All starts with a hurt, then it leads to offense, then it leads to anger, then it leads to an attack where you hurt somebody else, then they get offended, then they get angry, then they attack somebody else, or maybe they attack you again. Then you get hurt, then you get offended, then you get angry, and then you attack back. And all of a sudden, you're caught in this vicious cycle, and it's eating your lunch. But there is a better way. So tonight, we're going to talk about hurt a little bit. We're going to talk about what it means to be hurt and how we can overcome it because here's what I know. When you get caught in this cycle, it spreads like a weed. I call this the spread cycle. Because it spreads like a weed. And I'm not a gardener, okay? My my in-laws had a farm for years. I've learned a little bit about weeds. I did some digging while I was doing some research on weeds uh, whenever I started studying for this. And here's the definition of a weed. I want to show it to you really quickly. It says this, weeds are generally plants that have absolutely no redeeming value, okay? Weeds have no redeeming value. This cycle that you get stuck in has no redeeming value, okay? I want you to hear that. Weeds are generally plants that have absolutely no redeeming value as far as food, nutrition, or medicine are concerned. They don't give you anything that you need, okay? They have accelerated growth patterns and often lead seeds to perpetuate their kind. Perpetuate means a cycle. It means it just keeps happening and happening and happening. Weeds are often poisonous if eaten. They taste bad, and they have thorns or other physical features like that. Now, here's what I know. A person that's caught in this cycle, they are typically exactly like a weed. In your life, they're not going to have any value to you because they're so caught up in this cycle. They're typically a little prickly to be around. And most likely, they're spreading their hurt, they're spreading their offense, they're spreading their anger to other people, and they're spreading like a weed. And so tonight, I want to focus on just the aspect of being hurt. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that are living with some pretty big hurts. And maybe you find yourself in that part of the cycle. You've been hurt, and now you're like, okay, Clint, what do I do with that? Well, tonight we're going to look at a, at a family in the Bible that's one of the most dysfunctional families that's ever been in the Bible. It's crazy. And uh, it's about a guy named Joseph. And I'm not talking about Jesus' dad. I'm talking about Joseph in the Old Testament. Now, Joseph has an insane story. See, Joseph ended up getting thrown into slavery by his family, by his brothers, because they hated him so much. But see, what happened with Joseph is that he ended up actually being second in command over all of Egypt. And it's because he never got caught in this cycle. He always chose to heal the things in his life that needed to be healed. And God blessed his life. But his brothers, on the other hand, they get caught up in the cycle. Here's what the Bible says. It says this. This is an account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph... So Jacob's the dad. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He was a shepherd, worked for his dad, right? Uh, but really his brothers kind of ran the day to day. So it says he worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bila and Zilpa. I don't even know how to say those words, but they're pretty ugly names. Don't name your kids these things, okay? So Joseph here he is. He's working for his dad, right? But really, he's kind of working for his stepbrothers. His stepbrothers can't stand him. It says this. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing. Joseph was tattling on his brothers. Nobody likes a tattletale. Snitches get stitches. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I've always heard. Jacob. The dad loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. Joseph was special, okay? And his dad unapologetically loved him more than he loved the other of the other ones. And so one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. He had a beautiful robe, the coat of many colors, right? You've heard this. But his brothers, listen to this, hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't even say a kind word to them, to him. Now, Joseph's brothers were bad people. Okay, I get that. They weren't great people. But dude, I kind of feel bad for them. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, they were the oldest. Joseph was the youngest brother. And by the way, he had 12 other brothers and one sister, or 11 other brothers and one sister. And, uh, and they hated him because they were hurt, right? Their father, their own dad, loved the young, the run of the family more than they loved them. And they were the ones probably busting it every day, getting stuff done for the dad, for their dad, trying to get his approval, trying to get his love, trying to get his acceptance. And here he was showing this little kid more love than, than, uh, than he showed them. And that left them hurt. And here's the deal. They never, ever solved that problem in their life. And so here's what happens. They get caught in the cycle. They get hurt by their dad. All of a sudden, that seed gets planted in their life. They're hurt. Well, then they get offended. Like, who does, who does Joseph think that he is, right? He comes, he tattles on us. He tattles on us. We're the older brothers, right? They get offended. Well, then all of a sudden that offense turns into anger. It said they hated him. They hated. They couldn't even say a kind word to him. They couldn't stand the sight of him. When he came around, I'm sure they rolled their eyes. They hated him. They were angry. And ultimately that led to an attack where they sell Joseph into slavery and tell the dad that he had been killed by a wild animal. And obviously that hurt the dad and that probably started another cycle there but these brothers they never dealt with their hurt and because they never dealt with their hurt they did something that they regret they do they make a huge mistake and they end up attacking their brother and here's what I know some of you have been hurt and let me just tell you it's not it's not a hundred percent your fault sometimes things happen we get hurt it's part of being alive on earth but what we do with it matters And I want to teach you tonight how you can deal with your hurt so you don't get stuck in the cycle, so that you can stop the cycle. So the first thing I want you to do when you get stuck in this cycle is I want you to feel it. When you're hurt, I want you to feel the hurt. I want you to feel it. Now, if you're like me, that is a terrible thing to say and a terrible thing to do. I hate negative feelings. I hate bad feelings. I hate having to confront things in my life because my person, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. If you know anything about that, we run from negative feelings. We run from things like this because it's not fun. I love fun. I love having fun. I love making jokes. I'm t- I was typically the class clown growing up. And it was because I had probably some hurt in my life that I hadn't dealt with, but I was avoiding it. But if you, want to, if you truly want to get over this hurt in your life, I need, you have to feel it. You have to identify what's happened to you. And sometimes that requires getting professional help. Man, man, you need to get into therapy. You need to get into counseling, some of you. And you need to learn how to, de- and it takes time. You need to learn how to deal with this hurt in a healthy way so it doesn't turn into an offense and you getting angry and you attacking and you getting stuck in this cycle. You have to feel it. It'd be like, uh, you have to identify it. It'd be like going to uh, the ER with a broken arm, and all of a sudden, the doctor starts working on your leg. It doesn't make any sense, right? Like, he has to look at, the, he has to look at you and identify, okay, this bone broke in this way, and here's what I need to do to reset it, and i got to do this. And he has to make decisions what's, uh, based on what's best for you. And when you feel a hurt you can identify with what's going you can identify what's going on so that you can take the necessary steps to begin the healing process but you got to feel it you got to feel it identify it and work through it right there and if you're not going to do those things this is going to spread into something that you don't like you're going to be the prickly person you're going to be the weed that no one wants to be around you're going to be that person Because you haven't dealt with the hurt that's inside of you. So I want you to feel it. The second thing I want you to do is forgive it. You're going to feel it, and then you're going to forgive it. Forgiveness is a powerful, powerful thing. And I know that some people watching right now might be thinking, like, Clint, you have... No idea what's happened to me. And you expect me to forgive this person for what they've done to me? And for one, the short answer is yes, I would. Because that is what's best for you. That's that's God's best for you, for you to forgive. And I just want to tell you this. Forgiving somebody doesn't make what they did to you okay. It doesn't justify, somehow justify what they did. Because forgiveness isn't letting the other person off the hook. That's not what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is a tool that God's given us for us to move on and live a healthy lifestyle. See, when we hold unforgiveness and we hold bitterness in our lives, it's like us drinking poison but expecting the other person to die. All it does is eat you alive from the inside out. And some of you have been walking around with unforgiveness and bitterness toward people that have hurt you for so long that it's deteriorating who you are on the inside. But God has such a better life for you right now. He has an abundant life for you. And you're not going to see that until you're able to forgive the hurts that other people have caused in your life. You have to forgive it. And some of you, I understand, you're going through things. You've gone through things when you were a kid. You maybe were abused or uh, your parents said things to you that were lies that they shouldn't have said. And you grew up in a home that wasn't loving. Or you're around other people that really impacted your life in a negative way that caused some serious hurt. I understand that. But I'm telling you, if you ask God to help you forgive these people, it can happen. But you can never heal a hurt without forgiveness. You have to feel it. You have to forgive it. The Bible has a lot to say about forgiveness. It says this in Ephesians 4. It says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. You are to forgive because you've been forgiven. It also says this, It says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, this verse is not saying because you've been forgiven, you should forgive. It's saying you need to forgive as Christ actively forgives you on a regular, constant basis. And you're probably thinking, okay, what does that look like? I'll tell you. Here's what it says. Then Peter, this is, Peter was like me. He stuck his foot in his mouth about a thousand times. He says this to Jesus. He says, then Peter came to Jesus and he asked. He was trying to look good. He said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Right? In their day, you only had to forgive somebody one time. After that... You could do whatever you wanted to with them, but Peter's like, no, okay, God, how can I, I'm gonna say how many times should I forgive? I should be, I should forgive my enemy seven times. Well, Jesus looks at him and he says, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Jesus is like, no, Peter, forgiveness is an ongoing thing. That's how you forgive as Jesus forgives. He forgives you. Every day, every day you make a mistake, you sin against God, he's forgiven you. We should be that way to people that hurt us. Man, people hurt us, we're not gonna let it get to us, we're not gonna let let it take us to a place where we don't like, we're gonna forgive people. And we're gonna say, you know what? I'm dumb too sometimes. I'm gonna humble myself a little bit and I'm gonna forgive this person because here's what I know. Your life is better when you forgive other people. It is a lot to carry When you carry around bitterness and unforgiveness. And I think some people watching, you've been carrying around a hurt for years and years and years. And today it's time to let that go. It's time to forgive the people that have hurt you. That's where freedom is found. That's how you're going to stop the cycle. And guess what? Joseph did it. Joseph didn't let this thing get down on him. He got sold into slavery by his brothers. He didn't let this get down on him. We see over and over in Joseph's life that he didn't let bitter. He had every right to be bitter. He had every right to, uh, to not forgive people. And we see him not being bitter. We see him living a life as a person who has forgiven the people that have wronged him the most. And God elevated him because of that. Maybe today you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you've made some big mistakes in your life. You have some things that you've done. You know you've you've caused a lot of hurt. You didn't realize that when you were doing that, you are really hurting yourself too. And for years, you've carried around this guilt, this shame. You haven't forgiven yourself. And I want to let you know tonight, Jesus has forgiven you. He's forgiven you. He's taken those things you've done and he's moved them as far as the east is from the west. He's forgiven you. He loves you. And it's time to forgive yourself today. It's time to move on. God has a better plan for your life. Forgive yourself. There's some people watching. Maybe you feel like you can't be forgiven for what you've done. And I want to let you know, Jesus has forgiven you too. The Bible tells us that while we were still sinners, while we were still hurting the heart of God with our lives, Christ died for us. And He's extending that forgiveness to you right now. And today, you can make the decision to receive that, have a relationship with Jesus, and you can step into an abundant life that He has for you. I'm not promising you your circumstances are gonna change overnight. But man, your hope can change right now. And so if you're watching this right now and you want to make that decision, you want to receive that forgiveness, I want to invite you to pray this prayer. I want you to say, Dear God, I need you. I've messed up over and over again. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, if that was you, we are so proud of you. That's the most important decision you're ever going to make in your entire life. And we want to be there with you as you walk through this journey. And so if you could uh, text Oasis TN to 94000 and you can click the button on there that says I want to follow Jesus. And just let us know a little bit about yourself. We'd be glad to reach out to you. We're not going to come knock on your door. We're not going to be weird. But we'd love to help you take your next step with Jesus and show you what that looks like. But hey, we love you so much. We're going to talk next week about being offended. Being offended is a choice. All right? We're going to talk about that next week. Man, join us every Sunday. 10 a.m. We go live right here on Facebook, on YouTube, and our website. If you can't make it on Sundays, you can always go to our YouTube channel. Always go to our Facebook and our website. You can find the messages there. If you're a podcast person, I'm a podcast person. Man, you can find us. Search Oasis TN. on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. You're gonna find us every single week. Those get uploaded on Sunday. So hey, come join us. Listen, I hope you get encouraged every time you you come to our church and you tune in because that's our heart. We don't want you to leave feeling defeated. We want you to leave feeling inspired, encouraged. And I hope you do that every single week when you leave OHS Church. But we love you guys so much and we'll see you next week.